0: I'm going to check and make sure that I am not forgetting anything here. Okay, I think we've announced everything that we need to announce and we're good to go. All right, we have been doing a study on the gifts of the Holy Spirit the past couple of weeks. And um, today we're going to look at wisdom, discernment, prophecy, and word of knowledge. So I'm just going to take a second to pray. As we bring forth god 's Word, Lord, thank you for your word, thank you for the truth of your word, and Father, I just uh, surrender myself to you right now as I give Lord just teaching of this this scripture, and I just pray, Father, that you speak through me. I stand aside and ask that you just fill every word from my mouth and let it just penetrate each heart that is hearing my voice right now. I pray in Jesus name, Amen,
1: okay, Holy Spirit,
0: sirs, uh, wisdom, discernment, prophecy, and word of knowledge last week we talked about tongues and tongues and interpretation and we had um, an altar call for people to come and receive the gift of tongues the gift of the holy spirit and many were filled with the holy spirit which is very exciting so can i just encourage those who came who maybe got one syllable one sound something just continue to speak that out continue to pray it out and god will add to that as you go along we're going to read from First Corinthians chapter twelve, reading from verse seven to verse eleven, and this is talking about the gifts of the holy spirit and it says now to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good so remember we talked about manifestation just to kind of give a little bit of update um, manifestation was when um, the holy spirit fills the atmosphere when the holy spirit fills a person and a manifesting uh, something comes out and 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 that is giving glory to god and that's the spirit coming out and it's for god's glory for the common good to one there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom to another the message of knowledge by means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by that one spirit to another miraculous powers to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues to still yet another interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one as He determines. So again, just to kind of recap, the Holy Spirit gives us these gifts for His glory, for God's glory, pardon me, for, for the Lord's glory, and He does it as He chooses, as He so feels fit, to to give and and will give it to you maybe for a certain situation god will give you these gifts and they are from one spirit okay so we talked about the trinity a couple weeks ago um how god the holy spirit and jesus are all one in the trinity so these are spiritual gifts and just to kind of reiterate as we have been talking about they are not natural talents they're not like hey i'm really good at this because you know i can speak uh, seven languages or i'm really musical and i can do that or i can i'm great at numbers and math and i can be a great cook or i'm a great baker those are natural gifts that you have the gifts of the holy spirit are gifts that are given by the Holy Spirit. It is something that you have not trained for, you have not done, you don't need to go to school for. You can certainly study and learn what they are about, but they are given to each person as the Spirit determines, okay? So the Holy Spirit will fill you and give certain gifts for certain reasons, for certain things, for certain situations. Okay, so we're going to first of all talk about wisdom. We're going to break each one down. Today we're going to talk about wisdom, discernment, word of knowledge and prophecy. So wisdom, James 1.5 tells us, if any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. So James is telling us, if you want wisdom, you can ask God for wisdom. But there's also like an extra added um, wisdom gift that we can receive. And that is the gift of the Holy Spirit that comes from the Holy Spirit. So um, this is kind of like an extra douse of wisdom, I'm going to say. So some of us can be very wise In the things that we do, we've heard people say, oh, they're so wise beyond their years. So sometimes people just have a natural ability, a natural gift to be wise. But when we're talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit, it means that in certain particular situations, God, by his Holy Spirit, will fill you with the gift of wisdom. So we have been studying on Wednesday night. We have Bible study normally, and we have been making our way through the Word of God. And last week we were on the book of Sol- talking about Solomon, not the book of Solomon, but talking about Solomon. And um, God was so impressed with Solomon as a king, as a leader. And God said to Solomon, "What can I give you? I want to give you a gift. What would you ask for? What would be something that you would want from me?" And Solomon said, "I want." wisdom. He wanted to be wise, and Solomon was known still today as being one of the wisest people on the earth. He was the wisest king ever, and so God's given gift by the Holy Spirit of wisdom was given to Solomon. It can also be given to us. Now, an example, um, one of the most Uh, it's not common i'm not going to say common but the most interesting um moment of wisdom that we see with solomon is the story we talked about this last week is the story about when two women came to solomon one baby they both had babies And one baby died because the mom rolled over and suffocated the baby. And so the the two moms came claiming the other baby to be their own child. If you remember reading the story, you need to check it out. Um, It's a very interesting story. And so imagine if somebody came up to you and said, two ladies come up to you and say, it's my baby, it's no, it's my baby. I would not know what to do. I'd be like looking at the eyes and trying to find facial features to figure out which mom is really actually the mom. And out of wisdom given by the Holy Spirit, Solomon said, okay, let's cut the baby in half, which sounds ridiculous, and trust me, Solomon did not intend to do that by any stretch of the means, but out of his wisdom, he said, let's cut the baby in half, and then each of you can have a half of the baby. And the real mom, who out of her, her longing to keep her baby safe, said no let her have the baby while the other mom was like yes cut the baby in half we know as a mom you would rather have somebody else take care of your child than for your child to be killed and solomon out of his wisdom gave that oppor- that that opportunity to happen and therefore found out who the real mom was first peter 5 8 tells us be alert and sober mind your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour we talked about this scripture verse on my Thursday devotional that we do online we're being told here to be alert and sober mind in essence it's telling us to be wise Ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to be wise because the enemy is trying to attack us. We need to be wise. We need to have an understanding of what is godly and what is not godly. Matthew 10, 16 says, I am sending you out like a sheep among wolves. Therefore, be shrewd as snakes, innocent as doves. So again, be shrewd, be smart, be wise, because the enemy is out trying to destroy us. Acts 6.10 but they could not stand up against the wisdom of the spirit as he spoke. So this scripture verse is talking about Stephen and Stephen, the church was being persecuted at this time and Stephen stood up and and gave a message um, in regards to God and the Lord and Jesus. And, And it says that the people who were listening could not stand against the wisdom that the spirit gave to him. So it was not something that Stephen studied for, went to school for, was so smart that he sounded so wise. It was wisdom that came out of him that, that was from the Holy Spirit. And it was so powerful and so smart, like Solomon, when you're kind of like, wow, that was brilliant. How did you think of that? The Holy Spirit gave him that. The Holy Spirit gave Stephen wisdom words to say that were beyond you know, we say, oh, they're wise beyond the beyond his years, beyond his natural capability, we can have wisdom. We talked a little bit about this last week, too, with Peter, when Peter stood up in Acts 2, and he gave this sermon to 3,000 people. And not only did he have boldness, because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He also had wisdom he was not a studied learned man who went to school for years and years and years he stood before the people and proclaimed the awesomeness of jesus christ by the wisdom of the holy spirit that came upon him so we can ask for wisdom in particular situations when you are going through something you can ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom to have understanding beyond your natural understanding, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit to have the wisdom to be able to have direction. Many times people are asking for direction for their lives. Again, David talked about if you want something, if you breathe, God can use you. Maybe you're like, I don't know where I'm going to be used, but you can pray and ask God to give you direction. That is wisdom that God will give you to know the plans and the purposes he has for you. Words of knowledge, the gift of knowledge, again, given by the Spirit. So this is not talking about, when it says in the Word of God, gifts of knowledge. It does not mean that you can go study, go to school, go to university, and become so full of knowledge that you are so smart and people will say, wow, they have the gift of knowledge. No. The gift comes from the Holy Spirit. It's not anything that you can do on your own in your natural ability. This is a gift of knowledge that comes from the Holy Spirit for, I keep saying this, for a specific situation. So sometimes the Holy Spirit will give it to you, maybe only at one point in time in your life, or maybe many points in time in your life, but he will give you um, the gift of knowledge for something. So we're going to look, what does that mean? What does that look like? We're going to look at Acts chapter 5, verse 1 to 4. So turn there if you have your Bibles or if you have your device, Acts chapter 5. Verses 1 to 4. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. So just to give a little bit of context on what's happening here... um, The church is growing, the believers in Jesus Christ are growing, they're coming together, they're selling their possessions, taking care of each other's needs. If somebody had need, they would sell, you know, buy, help each other out, give whatever you need. They're all kind of taking care of each other. And it says that Ananias and Sapphira, they sold a piece of property, and they were going to give the money to help support all the people who were following Christ. With his wife's full knowledge... He kept back a part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it to the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and kept for yourself the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think to do such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. And as we read further, we find out that Ananias and Sapphire ended up being, like, they literally dropped dead. Um, as they walked out of Peter's tent, they literally dropped dead and um, for their sin. Now, I've had a lot of people say to me, well, what's the deal? What's the big problem? Like, they sold the property. They gave some to themselves to the church, but they kept some for themselves. Why is that bad? Why did God punish them? Punish them. The issue is not about them only giving a portion to the church and keeping a portion for themselves. That is not the issue. So when we say to people, you know, like, they're like, well, I give to the church. Do I need to give it all? Am I gonna be, like, killed? Because that's not, the whole thing comes down to a matter of the heart. Because they lied and said, Here is $100, and this is all that we made on the selling of the property. So we're giving, they're making it look like, look at us. We made this much money, and we're giving it all to you, for you to use for your, however you choose to use for the church and the furtherance of God's kingdom. When in essence, they only... They made $200, and they're only giving 100 It's a matter of the heart and a matter that they're lying. If they were honest, and they came and said, you know what, we, we actually profited $200. we are going to keep 100 for ourselves, and we're going to give to you 100 for the church ministry. That would have been a different story. But they came, and they hid money. They lied about all that they made, and they gave a portion back. So what we're talking about here... Actually knew in his heart without being told so, like Somebody came up to him and said, S-s-s-s. He just knew when he when Ananias and Sapphira, they came at separate times when they came, God gave him a word of knowledge, and he knew that he was that they were lying. And that they were lying not against just him, but they were lying against God. So God gave him a A word of knowledge. Also in 2 Kings, there's another area there in chapter 5. We're going to turn to 24-27, but just to give you a little bit of a back uh, story to this. Elisha um, has a man, Naaman, come to him who is full of leprosy. And he asks Naaman, Can you heal me? And so Elisha, you know, well, you can read the whole story if you want to. Because of Elisha, Naaman is healed from leprosy, and Naaman tries to pay Elisha for the healing. He's like, Look, I am a man of lots of money, I have lots of wealth, I have great gifts that I can give to you. And Elisha's like, I don't want payment. And this, is, this is a gift from, from the Lord. God healed you. Um, just go and thank God for it. You know, I don't, I don't want payment for it. So he sends Naaman on his way. Well, then we read, as we're, we're going to read this, actually, I'll just, I'll just start to read it. Uh, 2 Kings 5, verse 24 to 27. Uh, when Gehazi, so Gehazi was Elisha's servant, when Gehazi came to the hill, he took the things, he, he actually, he ran after Naaman, and he, he made up a lie and said, actually, uh, my, 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 my uh, master, Elisha, actually, he actually wants a couple of things. Do you mind? Because we, we just want to, like, further our ministry. So if you don't mind, do you, do you have just, like, a couple of things that you could just give us? Um, I'm, just, I'm just here on his behalf. So when Gehazi came to the hill, he took the things from the servant, he took some stuff from Naaman, and took them, and he put them away in his house, and he sent the men away, and then he left. When he went in, he stood before his master, Elisha, and Elisha said to him, "'Where have you been, Gehazi?' "'Your servant didn't go anywhere,' Gehazi answered. "'He's lying.' But Elisha said to him, "'Was not my spirit with you "'when the man got down on his chariot to meet you? "'Is this the time to take money or accept clothes?' Or olive groves, or vineyards, or flocks, or herds, or male or female slaves. Naaman's leprosy will cling to you and your descendants forever. Then Gehazi went from Elijah's presence, and his skin was leprous, and it had become white as snow. So what happened was Gehazi lied when he took stuff from Naaman in Elisha's name. Elisha is at home, but Elisha has a word of knowledge. God informs him of what happened. And so when Gehazi comes, Elisha gives him an opportunity to fess up. He doesn't, and he ends up being punished for his sins. So there's a word of knowledge of something that you cannot study for, that you don't know about, but God gives you that word. I've had that happen in myself personally when I'm praying for somebody, and sometimes when I pray for somebody, God has given me moments where he has, I felt in my heart or my mind or my spirit, to pray for something specific that the person never asked me to pray for. So maybe it was a stomach issue. One time we had, this is the craziest one I ever experienced, was it was at a youth event and we were praying for, uh, there was a a bunch of kids praying for a kid in the middle. And I just came along because I just felt the Lord say, um, pray over him and tell him that God is going to use him musically for his ministry. So I I come, and I kind of enter into the circle. I don't know what's going on. I don't know anything about this kid. I don't know any of the kids. I don't know what they're praying for. And I just walked up to him, and I said, I just feel, and that's very key, by the way, if you're going to use a word of knowledge, to say, God said, that saith the Lord, you're, you're, you're trampling on tender ground there. Because when you're coming, as speaking as on behalf of God, you want to make sure that you're talking on God's behalf. And I'm human, and so I want to be very careful and do not ever, ever want to misrepresent the Lord. It could have literally been, you know, I ate wacky pizza the night before, and I just feel like... So I'm coming up to this person, I'm saying, I feel, and if this resonates with you, if it makes sense to you, then it's God. But if it's like... Because I've had other people come to me and say, oh, I feel God's... And I'm like, yeah. Like, does not doesn't connect with my heart like at all at all okay um so we need to make sure that our antennas that we have wisdom that we're walking in so i went up to this group of people and i said to the boy who they were praying for i feel that god is saying that you are going to be used in music ministry is there any chance that you are musical by any chance and they all started to freak out and cry Because what they were doing was they were praying for this kid, but they said, We're praying in proxy because there was somebody that couldn't be at the event. This is how cool God is. A friend of theirs couldn't be at the event. He was a drummer and he couldn't be at the event, but they wanted to pray over him that God was going to get a hold of his life and use him for God's glory. So as the boy is standing there, they are saying to God, We're praying for him in proxy. I'm just going to make a name. John couldn't be here, but we're going to pretend that this is John, and we're going to pray over him as if he is John, and we're going to pray that God will use him in music ministry, and God will get a hold of his life and and you know change the world because of his because of his abilities. So when God gave me the word, it wasn't necessarily for the physical person, but it was for the person that they were praying for which then confirmed what they were praying for. They were praying for him to be used in, in music ministry. And God told me to come and say, God wants to use you in music ministry. Do you get what that, what's happening there? It's by the Holy Spirit for God's glory and for a specific time. Uh, when you speak to people... So prophecy. We're going to talk about prophecy now. When you speak to people on behalf of god that's prophecy when you have a word of prophecy for the congregation on behalf of god so sometimes we have a word that comes forward and it's god this is why i tell people when somebody gives a word or there's a word in interpretation like attune your ears don't be like clipping your toenails or writing your grocery list because god is speaking through that, like God, the creator of this world, has chosen to speak through a human being in our presence to bring forth a word. Like that's mind-blowing. think about that for a second. God is up here and he puts a word into somebody's mind, and he is speaking through His voice. Becomes through a person. So it's when we speak. When somebody has a word. To the people. For God. On God's behalf. So this is not tongues and interpretation. This is just a word from the Lord. Now it's very important. Again. That, that sometimes we're going to get it wrong. Because I don't want people to get freaked out and scared. And afraid to use that gift. If God gives it to you. But just to let you know. In Old Testament times. um, This was like such a huge deal when you were to prophesy or to say something that was, you know, thus saith the Lord, thus is God's going to say this or whatever, whatever. Um, It was foretelling a future or it was telling about a desire that God had for a certain person or for certain people for a specific situation. And if you told, like, you know what, in six months from now, on whatever, what six months from now, whatever, November, I don't know, um, November 25th, this is going to happen. In the Old Testament times, if the date came and it didn't happen, you were dead. Like, that's how serious they took this. We have to be so... In tune and making sure that when we say a word on behalf of the Lord, that we are trusting that this is God.
1: And and may I say, even
0: when God gives me word, I will say, I will always preface with I feel the Lord is saying da 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 da. I am very cautious to say, God says, because I want to be sure that God says. Because that's how weighty it is. Now, you all know I have a middle daughter who's not married yet, and God will bless her one day with a husband. I know that for sure. But she has said to me, if I believed every prophecy that has been spoken to me, I would have been married about a dozen times by now. Yeah. I have seen the dates come and the dates go. Oh, on April 7th, you're going to be married. Oh, on June 23rd, June she's like, the dates come and the dates are gone. God has a date, and I believe that, but it's God's date. So when we hear the end of the world is coming on June 21st, really? How many times have we heard those prophecies that the world is going to end on this date, and the date comes and the date goes? If it was Old Testament times, those people would have been killed. So when somebody gives you a word of prophecy...
1: Make sure that it lines up. God's not just going
0: to yank something out of the blue and just be like totally random like I told you a couple weeks ago. Don't go selling your home, buying a trailer and thinking you're going on some ministry of traveling around because God, some dude from the church came to your church one day and said, hey, this is what's happening. Don't do it. Pray. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for bringing you, you know, peace in your heart if that's actually. Let God confirm it in your heart. Don't just take man or woman's ideas because it's not necessarily always God. So be very, very wise about this. An example of this in scripture, Acts 21 verse 10 to 14. This is a story about Paul and Paul was getting ready to go on one of his missionary trips and somebody came up to him um, in verse 10, 21, chapter 21, verse 10. Uh, after we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt. He literally walked up to Paul and ripped off his belt. Imagine some of you guys staring at and somebody, some person came up and ripped off your belt. That would be awkward. Um, <laughs> He tied his hands with the belt and then and with his feet and then he said the holy spirit says in this way the jewish leaders in jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the gentiles when he heard this We and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of Jesus. When uh, When he would not be dissuaded, he gave up and said, this is what the Lord's will be done. So this man, Agabus, was prophesying that if Paul goes to Jerusalem... You are going to be, you're going to be bad. You're going to be, you know, put in jail, basically. And they were begging Paul to not go. Don't, because you're going to be, you're going to be, you're going to be um, incarcerated whatever. You're going to be bad. And he's like, no, I'm going. Because he loved Jesus so much and he felt that he needed to go. And, and whether it was right or wrong, whatever, we, we we're not going to talk about that today. But what we're going to talk about is the prophecy is that it is something that was foretelling what was going to happen to Paul. And it actually did. It came, it came to pass. So prophecy, again, we talked about this last week, is for the edification of the church. It's to encourage and to uplift. It is spontaneous. It is not planned you don't sit at home on Monday night and go, hmm, I'm going to prophesy on Sunday. What am I going to prophesy? What can I come up with? Hmm. And then come, you know, with it all written up and ready, planned out. It, that's not what it is. A prophecy is something for a specific situation. We're going to keep saying that. It's not planned for. It's not studied for. It is something, a word from the Lord. And may I say, be ever so careful when you say, thus saith the Lord. I've had this happen to me again. I'm trying to give you scriptural examples, but also personal examples of things. The most craziest one that I've ever had happen, and let me tell you, I was shaking in my boots like there's nobody's business, and I literally sat in my chair and had an argument with God. Like, I am not safe. I am not. I refused. Okay. God had other plans. I was at an event, speaking at an event, and there was a, a young woman there that I know of My girlfriend's daughter, they were struggling to have a child for many, many years and they were doing everything. They were doing, I spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars trying to have a baby. And God told me to go and tell her that she was going to birth a child. And I'm like, are you crazy? Like, there's no, there's, like, that's so specific that if I'm wrong, I will forever be, I'm not dead, but I'll be forever that person who said something that didn't come to pass. And I don't want to be that person. God, like, don't make me do this. Don't, like, don't make I do not want to do this. And it was in me, like, I mean, it was going to come out my nose if I didn't speak it, because I was just, like, so intense. So she was the worship leader. I called her up, and I felt, again, brought her up and said, in front of everybody, I feel that God is saying that you were going to birth from your own body a child. And it was like, "Oh yeah! So I'm like,
1: panic oh, Panic stricken
0: <laughs> So months later, they get a call to adopt a child. And my girlfriend calls me up, and she's like, so excited, your word came true. And I'm like, no. This, I'm, ex- I'm thrilled for you. This is so exciting. You're, you're adopting a child. I am ecstatic, but that's not what God gave me. God said it's going to come from her. She's going to birth a child. So I kept standing on that. God, like, please, I, I'm positive it was you. So they go through the adoption. Before the adoption was finalized, before they had the actual baby in their hands, she became pregnant. I was like, oh, cute!" <laughs> she now has four children. One is adopted. Three are from the God. I speak that over you right now. I speak that over you right now. Yes, Lord. Discerning of spirits. 1 John 4. Let's turn there. 1 John 4. 1-4. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge God is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. Discerning of spirits. We need to be aware of false spirits. Remember in John 10.10, it says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he will use any manner that he can false spirits. Teaching, We could find all kinds of garbage on the internet that will lead you astray. You can hear things from other people that will lead you astray. And what I keep telling you week after week after week is that you need to experience, that's why we're doing this teaching, so that you will come to a place that you for yourself experience the Holy Spirit.
1: Because anybody can
0: talk you out of anything. My girlfriend, just, my girlfriend, goodness gracious, my daughter just told me the other day that um, she is in a homeschool group, and a couple of her friends who have solid, so called solid Christians, believers in Jesus Christ, have now been um, talked to by other people, and now they're following Judaism. And I'm like, how do you go from believing that Jesus is the Messiah to believing that Jesus is just a prophet? I don't understand it. So, anybody can talk you out of stuff, but if you have experienced the Holy Spirit, experienced the supernatural, and know that you know that you know that God is real. There is nothing that can take that away from you. There is nothing that will take that away from you. Amen. Somebody can come up to you and say, it's not red, it's black, and you will say, uh-uh. I know it's red because you need to experience the Holy Spirit. Please don't come to church and sit in a chair and just be like, Mom's oh, I'm service. Go home, have coffee and lunch and come back next Sunday say that, we'll- Come with anticipation and be open to experience the Holy Spirit. We need to learn to distinguish between what is good and what is evil. The enemy is sneaky. He is sneaky. Remember Ananias and Sapphira in Acts 5? How they came and they lied. Peter says, how has Satan filled your heart? He determined, he distinguished between what is good and what is evil. He knew in his heart that this was the work of the enemy. He distinguished between the spirit of the enemy. The enemy will tell you all kinds of lies. You need to know who you are in Christ, you need to experience Christ, you need to know from the depth of your being that I am chosen, I am the work of God, I am beautifully created, created awesomely, wonderfully, beautifully, and... Awesomely made in Jesus Christ. I am chosen. I am not forgotten. I am not alone. God is with me. You need to have scripture in your mind. You need to experience Him. You need to know that you know that you know. Because the enemy will try to steal and destroy. And if you can't discern between a good spirit and an evil spirit, you need to get on your face before God and ask him to help you. You need to determine, especially in these days. My goodness, I, I, I'm mortified at what's going on in this world right now. I'm scared for, I shouldn't say scared, because God, God's bigger and I understand all of that. But I worry for the next generation that's coming. The, the ones who are going to be the leaders of our country. The ones who are going to be in charge of churches and businesses and corporations. They are being lied to and we need to, in in infiltrate. We need to get the word of God into them. We need to bring them to a place where they experience God. That's why going to Overflow is imperative for these teens because they will experience Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit at these events. <laughs> Acts 16, 16, 8. I'm almost done. I know we're gone long. Acts 16, 16, 8. Paul and Silas. Once when we were going to the place of prayer where we met, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. Oh, goodness. If anybody here is going to psychic hotline, please don't do that. Distinguish between good and evil. And yes, there's powers in the evil, but the powers come from the enemy. Don't go looking at astronomy. Don't go looking at what's my thing today in the newspaper. Go to Jesus. Sorry, tangent. I don't know why, but somebody needed to hear that today. She predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. And everybody would be like, yay, that's awesome, look at her. She's she's acknowledging that these guys are from Jesus and they're showing the way to be saved. And And she's declaring it and everybody's like, yes, that's amazing, look at her go. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul becomes so annoyed that he turned around and he says to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. And then it goes on to tell us that her owner was irritated because now he couldn't make any more money on her because he was making money on her fortune telling to other people. She had a spirit of the devil inside of her, and nobody recognized it. They hear her say, oh, look at these guys. Yes, but on the same token, she's over here, fortune-telling. She looks, she has the appearance of looking like someone who is spiritual, someone who is godly, because she's acknowledging Paul and Cyrus, but she's over here, fortune-telling, and gaining, using her power by the enemy, from the enemy. So what looks like good was actually evil, because she's trying to draw you in, she looks on the outside like she is godly, but when she gets over here, her powers are actually coming from the enemy to predict your future, which that comes from the enemy. And now her owner is mad because he can't use her, because Paul and Cyrus literally told the enemy to get out in Jesus' name. First of all, the power that they have in Jesus, remember that. And this is done for God's glory, okay? So remember, this is a gift that is given for a specific situation, discerning between spirits. Now let me just end with this before I close. The gift of discernment does not, 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 capital N-O-T, does not give us the right to be judgmental, okay? Does not give us the right to walk around like we are so spiritual. I have the gift of discernment. And I would say that she is from the little. Okay? That is judgmental. And dare I say that the enemy has gotten into you by allowing you to, by judging people. This is a very tricky gift, and and you want to be wise before you start accusing people of having a spirit inside of them. Again, you want to be attuned to the Holy Spirit, and you want to know that you know that you know, and you want to pray before you go and accuse somebody of having a spirit. But you want to be wise to be able to discern what is godly and what is not because the enemy is sneaking. We talked about this on our devotional. The enemy will come. Actually, we talked about a Bible study, how Solomon was slowly drawn away from God and started worshiping other idols. We need to be aware of what is godly, what looks godly, and what is not Godly. We need to be aware, like the word tells us that the enemy will come, it, like in sheep's clothing, it's going to look like really beautiful, really sedate, really lovely. We need to be careful because the path going down can bring us to destruction. We need to be wise. We need to be smart. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. I wonder if we can sing available. I'm going to get ready to stand. Today we talked about Wisdom. Prophecy, discernment of spirits, words of knowledge. These are all gifts that God will give us for specific situations given by His Holy Spirit. You do not need to strive for these. You don't need to go to school for these. You can learn about them, absolutely. You can gain knowledge about them, absolutely. But the Holy Spirit will fill you with them as he chooses for specific situations. We're going to sing Available one more time. And this morning I just feel to encourage you To make yourself available for the Holy Spirit to move in your lives as He so chooses. Again, not to be fearful, because He doesn't take you over where you have no control. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't stop. It's not the way it is. That's why we're given instruction in the Word of God. how to use these gifts in an orderly, godly manner. But we need to be available. We need to be willing. Like the scripture that I read today with Elijah. God, I want to repent of my sins. All the things, the moments that I've, I've, me, me, me. I set that aside. Your will be done. Let's repent of the moments where we're like, i need to have it this way i want this done this way i will only do if this let's set all that aside god i want to be available i want to experience you i want to know that you are real if that's your heart this morning Can you surrender to him? Can you just, if you want to come to the altar and just spend some time in prayer, or if you want to stay, whatever works for you, I want you to do what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. As we sing these words, I'm here, I'm available. Surrender to the Lord. And let's see him move powerfully and use you in these gifts. Let's sing. That we would continue to have you in the forefront of our minds that we would continue to walk in availability for your will and your glory that we would continue to walk to be willing to be used by your gifts from your holy spirit for whatever purpose you have for us to use it for May we be open, Father, to experience you, to solidify in our hearts who you are and the realness of you, I pray. God, let our ears be attuned to you and to know what is you and what is not. May we walk in a confidence, not in arrogance, but may we walk in a confidence on who we are in you, Lord, we thank you that you choose to use us. (laughs) Who are we that you would use us for your glory? It blows my mind. God, keep us humble in that. Keep us humble. God, continue to move powerfully and mightily in our midst. We are available for you, Jesus. In thy precious name, amen, amen, amen. Go in the knowledge and knowing that God goes with you. His Holy Spirit goes with you. Be blessed. Be blessed. Join us for coffee. Please grab one of our new people here. Take them with you to have coffee. If you need to linger in God's presence, you are more than welcome to. We encourage you to come tonight 6.30 for prayer. God bless everyone.